Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 699 of the Juicebox Podcast. I recorded this episode many months ago and enjoyed the conversation thoroughly. Just recently, I put an edit on the show, taking out the noises and stuff like that, putting in the ads, etc. Enjoyed it again. And yet, I have no idea how to explain it to you. So I'm just going to tell you that this is Carly. She has type 1 diabetes, and I think you're going to love this episode. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you're a U.S. resident who has type 1 diabetes or is the caregiver of someone with type 1, I really hope you'll go to t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox, join the registry, take the survey. The survey is very short. It will be easy to do. And um, your answers help people living with type 1 diabetes. It's absolutely anonymous and completely HIPAA compliant. t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. This episode of the juice box podcast is sponsored by touched by type one head to touched by type one.org. Find them on Facebook and Instagram and see what they're up to touched by type one.org. The podcast is also sponsored by Dexcom. Makers of the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor. You can find out more about Dexcom and perhaps get a free 10-day trial of the Dexcom G6 by going to Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. The podcast is also sponsored today by the Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter. This is the meter my daughter carries. It's astounding. I love it. It really is the best meter I've ever used. Contournext.com forward slash juicebox. It fits nicely in your hand and in your pocket, and it's super accurate. That's pretty much all you need to know, but I'll probably tell you more later anyway. Hi, my name is Carly. I'm 25 years old, and I'm from Ontario, Canada, and I've been a type 1 diabetic since 2003. Um, I was six years old when I was diagnosed, so I've been a diabetic for over 18 years now. Wow. it's like 16, 17 years ago? Uh, right. Yeah. I'm, I'm bad at math too. Every time I listen to you talk about math on the podcast, I'm like, yo, I can relate. (laughs) Well, we can do it together. Hold on. 2003. (laughs) I would add 10 to that to make it 2013. If you had another 10, you go past where you are now. So maybe Mm, maybe it's 18 years. Yeah. I think it is 18 years about. Yeah. Math is easy. (laughs) I'm so bad at math. There are some things that pop into my head immediately and others that don't. And uh, I've yeah. I've long since stopped wondering why that is. <laughs> it's not slowing me down anymore. Um, okay, so you're only 25. That seems young. Yeah. Uh, to me, yeah. You don't feel young, do you? So I joke around with my friends a lot. I always go, I'm so old. And they're like, you're not old. You're 25. And I'm like, but why does my back hurt already? You know, like I, I'm achy. <laughs> Who are your friends? How old are your friends? All my friends are the same age as me. I have some friends that are older. Uh, my my now husband, I got married last month. He's older than me. He's he's thirty two. So wow. I I, can't, I guess I can't complain that I'm old when he's 
seven years older than me. <laughs> Where did you meet him in the pharmacy looking for something to rub on your back? <laughs> no, not even. Um, kind of weird. Um, I We both worked at a movie theater um, and he was actually my manager. So um, I met him through, through the movie theater and yeah, we've movie been theater. together. Your movie theater people? Yeah. <laughs> Popping the popcorn. Watching yeah. the movies. <laughs> My wife is a movie theater person. Oh, really? That's where I met I didn't her. know that. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, no way. I had friends. How that, funny. I had friends that worked at a movie theater. I, mm-hmm. got, I got my brother a job at the movie theater. And then Great. during the summers, you'd kind of hang out there in the lobby when they weren't working. Mm-hmm. And then oh, one funny. day, one of the managers came back from some, like, island vacation with their hair braided and very tan. And I... Uh, <laughs> I made a clear decision in my mind to have sex with that person. And now <laughs> she is downstairs in my dining room working on stuff for her job. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that too. Cause uh, it's funny that you say that you're friends with the people that work in the theater. Cause like all of my close, like most of my very close friends now are all people that I worked with or people that I worked with and their friends. Like it's like a big circle of friends and we're all, super close even though the majority of us don't even work at the movie theater anymore so only adults from when i'm young from when i was that young that i still see socially are all people who worked at that movie theater i think i think like cool people work at movie theaters and i might be just saying that because i worked there but carly i'm not certain that my friends are cool but um (laughs) you know what i'm saying i think one of them (laughs) listens to this and i mean i think oh no i think he knows he's not cool you know (laughs) I, yeah, that's true. I, sh- I shouldn't be boasting that I'm cool. I'm really not cool either. <laughs> all right. Well, okay. So now all this fun talk about movie theaters and my little trip down memory lane just now with my wife um, leaves me forgetting how old you were when you were diagnosed. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Let's 18 years ago. I don't know. How old? I was six. Six. Around six, I think. Yeah, okay. six. All right. Fair enough. Um, in Ontario, uh, is that, does that, um, experience differ greatly or not differ from what you hear people talk about from America and other places? What do you mean? Sorry. Like, but how, like, like your experience being diagnosed, was it oh, similar to what it, you hear it's about? Pretty, it is similar um, because I kind of went through the same kind of, I hear like commonly where it's like, it get, it's very misdiagnosed. And I kind of went through that too, where I had all these symptoms and my parents like took me to the pediatrician and like even at one point my parents would say like we did some research we think it might be diabetes and they're like no it's probably strep throat let's do a throat culture and they swabbed my throat and they're like well she probably just has a virus and so it got to the point where I was very sick at the end of it before my diagnosis so I don't know I think I think they're definitely I'm hoping like nowadays it's it's a lot more known but yeah I kind of went through that with my diagnosis where it was it took a lot took a long time to get to the oh this is what it is (laughs) 20 years ago doing uh research in ontario what did your mom pull together a consortium of a moose a beaver and like an otter and they (laughs) talked it over over on a a snowmobile trying to find i that's funny i actually think about that a lot because like when they're like i looked up stuff i'm like what did you use like was google a thing in 2003 i don't i don't even know because i was six but um i know at one point like before my diagnosis they actually called like a diet, like a, like a, like a nurse hotline, like the, like the weekend that I went to the clinic to get, mm-hmm. um, like a blood test. 
And like they called the hotline, the nurse on the hotline told my dad like, oh, you can bring her in tomorrow. Like there's a snowstorm. So don't go today, go tomorrow. And And my mom was like, sorry. Did your mom like push back? Oh yeah. My mom was like, "Uh, no, I'm taking her today. Because the thing that drove her to take me in was that I was six and my brother was like a baby at the time. So she lifted me over his baby gate. And like, I was so weak that like my eyes kind of rolled back into my head. And she was like, okay, no, we're not waiting till tomorrow. I'm going right now. No, we're not. <laughs> Did she yell to your father, oh, this one's going to die, eh? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, that's exactly what we sound like. Gets I right. wouldn't be surprised if I say that at some point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, I got Google as officially launching in 1998. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, so Google has been around. But I wonder, you got to wonder, like, how, what kind of, how many search options are there back then? Like definitely not as many as there are now. Yeah, there had but to be I, something to search for. And that's exactly I, I I ran into the same problem in two thousand oh gosh, two thousand six when Arden was diagnosed. Mm-hmm. Like we Googled like signs and symptoms of type one diabetes and barely got a return. So wow. you know, I, by the way, we're gonna get off this right now, but um Google Incorporated was officially launched in nineteen ninety eight by Larry Page and Sergi Bryn to market Google search, which has become the most used, blah, 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 blah. Hold on. Larry Page and Sergey Bryn, students at Stanford University, developed a search algorithm first known as Backrub in 1996 mm-hmm. with the help of Scott Hassan and Alan Sterenberg. Backrub. Could you imagine? It sounds like. Could you cool. imagine if. Go ahead, say it. No, I was like, could you imagine if it was still called Backrub? I'm going to Backrub that. <laughs> I'm thinking they're just four creepy, lonely guys at Stanford. They're like, oh. what do I want most in the world? I would like a girl to touch my back. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. I think, I think, you're, I think you're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> what never happens to us? Call it that. Uh, anyway. Okay. So uh, you don't, do you remember much from your diagnosis? Because you have other stuff I to remember. talk about, but I want to hear about this a little. Yeah, I, I actually do have quite like I have like pieces that I remember. I was, I ended up staying in the hospital, I think for like five days. So I was there for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember like bits and pieces of it. Um, I remember I have a weird memory of like, like right after I got diagnosed, like in the clinic, it was like an urgent care. My, um, my mom was like, okay, let's go to the dollar store and get some stuff to bring to the hospital. And she like took me to the dollar store that was next door and bought some like coloring books and crayons and all that stuff. Um, and then my dad on the way to the hospital, he drove me and he looked at me and he said something along the lines of, I don't think you're going to be able to eat any sugar anymore. <laughs> and I was like, what? Like, what? Like, what does that mean? Like, what your dad I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was like, this is what diabetes is. You're not going to be able to eat sugar anymore. And, you know, thank God that's not true. But, <laughs> um, and yeah, just some other like pieces along the way, um, I remember one moment, I actually wrote a story when I was in uh, high school creative writing class about it. And um, I got it published on Beyond Type 1, too, which is cool because I submitted it to them. But um, it was a story about um, the moment my mom gave me my first, like, insulin injection in the hospital. And it was, like, a really emotional moment for both my mom and I. But um, I think the funniest part about it, because I, I titled it when I was in Writer's Craft, our creative writing class, I titled it, I Need a Cigarette, because the nurse who like witnessed it all like it was a very like emotional moment between her and I the nurse like had to walk away and she was like I need a cigarette and she took her cigarette break after this moment that my mom had to give me my first injection so that's a moment that stands out but yeah like overall I I remember like feeling really really sick up until my diagnosis 
um, I had some like random viruses that happened before, like the week before too. So like I had a really bad ear infection and then I had a random full body rash. And then like, I just remember feeling so sick, but I didn't want to tell my parents that I felt sick. Um, cause I was petrified of doctors and needles and all that stuff. So I like kept it to myself. Okay. Um, and I remember like hearing my parents being super concerned and still not bringing it up to them. Oh, I thought you were going to say that you were afraid they would feed you to the sled dogs if they knew you were. <laughs> yeah, because that's the true. They live in our backyard and of course they're they hungry. So. I mean, your father's <laughs> just worried you can't like, she can't suck on the tap in the maple tree anymore. You know, like it's you're just, you're painting a picture of a place that I don't know how anyone lives there. Is it a frozen tundra? Just be honest with me. Permafrost? No. Can't find the road. It's- you know what is funny is that I live in the southernmost part of Ontario. So it's like, like people call it like the armpit of Canada because it's really humid here. <laughs> I have to be honest with you. Uh, under perjury of death, I couldn't point out Ontario on a map. <laughs> so. That's so funny. Oh, my gosh. We like, like, I don't know, like I we border the states. I live in a border city. So like we're very Americanized, I feel, too, mm-hmm. because of that. So like I, I go to a lot of like concerts in this. Not recently, obviously, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, here's what I know. Vancouver, <laughs> Seattle, Toronto, like New Yorkish, uh, mm-hmm. Yukon top middle, everything else. I have no idea about. Am I, I was that's not bad. Hey, yeah. Come on. Tell me what you know about America. Where's Montana? Quick. Yeah. You have no idea. I, yeah. Somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle. I don't middle, think I that's think? right, by the way. No, I don't think it is either. Yeah. Maybe it's on the left. On the left of the on map. The I don't know. What are you, a cartographer? All right. I um, don't know. <laughs> so your note to me is is specific. And yeah. um, I, I don't know where to start. So I'm going to start with, um, let's see. It really is kind of thorough. I'm reading, which is, of course, yeah. very exciting for everybody. But I think I, that I want to start with the first time you felt burned out. And what that felt like. Oh, yeah. Um, I kind of like, I kind of like the way I think about burnout for me is that it's almost like cyclic or cyclical. Like I have gone through moments in time um, where like I get really motivated to take care of myself. And then I, then I like get into it for like a month or two. And then I had stopped and then it like a year, a year or two passed. And then I'm like, oh, I gotta, I gotta get on this again. And then I get back into it. Um, but for burnout for me, I think, Oh, I think the moment that it, that it really like I started to notice like a change in my care was um, I guess I should start with when I was in grade eight. I didn't do my own insulin injections until I was in the eighth grade. Um, mm. I had a lot of anxiety around that, um, so my parents did it. So like I'm talking like my dad would like come at night when I went to a sleepover to do my long lasting, and then he'd be back there in the morning at my friend's house to do my breakfast insulin, and then like I went home for lunch every day at school because I didn't do my own insulin injections. Um, so um, when I finally got that independence where I was able to do it on my own just before I went to high school, um, I think my parents kind of were like, she's got this. Like, we don't need to do anything anymore. And I don't blame them for that at all because I did need that independence. But I think I, I took it on a little too quickly, like not as prepared as I thought I was. So when I got into high school, like diabetes kind of went on the on the back burner for me. So um, I would say high school is when the burnout kind of started where I just stopped paying as close attention to it as I used to. Um, and then 
Well, wait, I don't know. Me, like, let, uh, me, let me understand. So you, yeah. you, you didn't give yourself any injections from the time you were six until you were like 14. No, I, I, I was, yeah, I think I was like 13 when I did my first injection and I didn't do any of them by myself because I, when I tell you I had, God, I had some bad anxiety. Like I was on, I was like diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. I was on medication and stuff like that throughout grade school. But I had like very severe anxiety about not even just about like me not doing it, but like nobody except for my mom and dad could ever do it. Like, so like we didn't have, I didn't have a nurse in my grade school. So that's why I went home for lunch every day. I lived close to my grade school tell me, and my mom was a stay at home mom. So. All right. Tell me what, tell me what that felt like. If um the idea of someone other than your mom or dad giving you a, an injection like I, I you can just say i had anxiety but tell me what that meant like yeah if i was coming at you and you were 11 years old and i was like hey i'm scott i'm gonna give you your shot right now would you like would you shoot me would you run would you bite me <laughs> like what would your level of or would you just cry fall on the floor what would happen um probably like panic would set in um anybody like any of my close family members know this too so like whenever I had to get like a flu shot or like any kind of vaccination or stuff like that when I was younger too it was a big ordeal like I my parents would have to like drag me to the doctor like I would crawl onto the walls so I think I just had a lot of anxiety about I don't know like about like it was just like so much fear like it was gonna go wrong if somebody else did it or like if 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 it wasn't somebody that I knew very like if it wasn't my mom or my dad who I knew had been there for me like since day one and knew everything about it knew knew me knew who I was like it was just going to be horrible even though I knew like I know that now that's not true but did it was you, like such a real fear for me did you have there was um did, I'm sorry, sorry did, go you, ahead. did you have any um anxiety around anything else yeah a lot um yeah like I uh, when I was in the fifth grade, it was when it, all the anxiety kind of like started. Um, and it, I think this is really strange. I, I don't know what it's called when someone has a fear of getting sick. I, I can't, there's a name for it. Like, Adam, I don't know how to, I don't know how to say it, I'll but find it a kid got, okay. Okay. A kid got sick in my grade school once and I suddenly became, it became like a real fear to get sick at school, like to throw up at school. And then that tailspin into a whole bunch of other stuff. And then I just became afraid of going to school in general. So my anxiety like took over at that point. And like, I missed like a month of school because of this fear. So I, and then I wouldn't, wasn't eating in the morning. And my parents were like, oh, you kind of have to eat. You have diabetes. <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't want to because what if I get sick? And yeah, it was just like a, that was another point of anxiety in my life, I guess, that I had. I don't know why I'm sharing all of this. <laughs> like, you better say something. I'm like, why am I talking about this? <laughs> yeah, people tell me they tell me things that they don't mean to, so be careful. <laughs> is, it, is it is it nosophobia? Nosophobia? Um, oh, maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting the, the, the name wrong. That could be it. But yeah, I just, yeah, I, I don't know why that became like a fear of mine. And then, yeah, I just, I mean, he's an anxious, an anxious child. Maybe it's. Is it firstborn syndrome? Aren't firstborn children the uh, most anxious? I don't know. Are you still anxious? <laughs> um, yeah, but I have more control over it now. Like I've learned. I, I'm not on medication or anything like that. If that's what you're, if that would be what I you wasn't. mean. But no, like I, I, I mean, in general, I am an anxious person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Carly. Do you think you're only 25, so you don't really know anything? Yeah. So asking you this question is going to be maybe not helpful, but let's ask it anyway. Uh. Do yeah, you think yeah. there's something where your parents, young parents? No, they no. actually weren't. No. Okay. 
and but they were interested in 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 helping but the minute that you were like i can do this injection myself were they just out like did you never talk to them again about diabetes at the beginning of high school when they were like oh my god carly gave herself an injection thank god we can go back to doing the things we like was it like that or were they were they still involved um like my dad was the one that kind of took me to like endocrinologist appointments and things like that so he was involved in that way um, but then when I became old enough to take myself to the doctor, yeah, I kind of just overall didn't really involve them much in it anymore. Like occasionally they'd be like, they'd check in on me and be like, like, how is it? Like, how are you doing? And and again, like, I don't place any blame on them for that because I never once vocalized that I was struggling at any point either. Um, like I, like, I don't know. I, yeah, it, it's just, I, I feel like I got that independence. And I was excited about it too at the time. And they obviously were excited for me because they're like, oh my God, she's going to be able to do so much now on her own. Like she can go places. She can, you know, go on trips with her friends and do things now. We don't need to be by her side anymore. But then it was just like, oh God, like now I have to like, I don't even know why that doing my own injection put so much more like stress onto me. But like, yeah, it eventually just became like, okay, I don't have to, with my parents not there beside me doing it anymore, I don't have to pay as close attention, okay. I guess. Well, as I did in the past. Well, okay, so we're not denigrating your parents. I'm just asking questions. Oh but, no, but, yeah. But um, let me be clear. Like you went to doctor's appointments for your type one, right? How frequently? Yeah. Ooh. So yeah, like when I was in high school, I guess I would go like the like the I don't know what they recommended every three months, every six months. I was doing that, and then like when I went to my started going on my own, I would be so anxious that I would didn't want to go because I knew I wasn't taking as good care of myself as I was in the past. Yeah. Um. So when I was a kid, though, like my like my dad went to all the appointments, and my A one Cs were like right on target, and like everything was great. And then it, when it was left into my hands more so, I was just kind of like, oh god, I'm slipping up, and I don't want them to know that I'm slipping up. Um. And so I didn't go as often. And then and you yeah. didn't tell them, but they didn't they didn't ask either. No, I think it was I think it was kind of like don't ask, and I don't have to worry about it. Even if you are, like, it was almost like that kind of a relationship where it was like I didn't want to worry them with my personal struggles with diabetes because they had taken care of me for so long and I didn't want to put more on to them um and they didn't ask because I think like my mom is a very anxious person too so I didn't want to make her more anxious about my health uh even though I was struggling so it was kind of like a like you know plug your ears and we'll just pretend everything's okay how, how do you manage now <laughs> like do you just talk yourself out of it are you smoking a lot of weed what are you doing exactly <laughs> Um, this year has been life changing for me. Um, I, I, I think I mentioned it in my email to you, but like in January of this year, I finally was like, I need to get a new endocrinologist because I didn't have a great relationship with my last one. Um, and then I need to like get my A1C done. It's been like a year and a half since I had had my previous A1C. And I just want to like get my life in check because, you know, I got, I got married last month and I wanted to like get my life together before I like even thought about ever, you know, like starting a family. And now I have a husband and I want to be there for him and that sort of thing. So my A1C in January was 10.6. And that was like the highest recorded one I can think of. I can think back on anyways. Um, And I was like, okay, I need to make serious changes now. Um, And so I started, um, I had had an Instagram account, but I reactivated my Instagram account and became more active on the, in the community in that way. Um, And then I like, for the first time, because like up until January of this year, I had never even, I, I'd been doing injections and regular finger picking. Like I didn't have any technology, never had tried 
a CGM or a pump, nothing like that. Um, so yeah, like I, I, and now like my last A1C was in September and it was 6.9%. So like I really turned myself around and I'm still trying my best to, you know, make changes right. because I want to be healthy. And what, what yeah. was the, um, what's the difference between a 10 and a six? I mean, at a 10, are you just like counting carbs, giving yourself some insulin and never checking again? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like when I, when I was at 10 point, like, like, like up until I got that A1C check, um, I have notes here, like kind of describing and like, I would basically, um, I remember I knew it was really bad when I had like went to go check my finger. And then I looked back on the last time I had checked my finger and it was like two weeks prior. And I was like, wow, I haven't checked in a long time. Why did I just stop checking? Cause the, the thought of checking my finger and seeing like bad results was so daunting to me that I was like, I'm just not going to check and I'll just go off how I'm feeling. So I had gotten so used to feeling like absolute trash that it became normal. Um, yeah, so I was just living. And like when I, I, I didn't really carb count either. I, I feel like whenever I ate something, it was like, this is probably seven units worth of insulin. And then I would just do it. And then um, the only thing I did make sure I do, I would do is before bed, I would, um, if I was feeling off in any way, I would, I would check. Um, and then I would do my long lasting because I had this fear, like if I go so high, like maybe I'll just die in my sleep and then my parents would find me and then they would never know that I was struggling this badly or, oh, you know what I mean? Like I, I oh. it was pretty dark thoughts. Car Carly, hold on. Yes, yes, yes. Let's stop for a second, okay? <laughs> we're going to, we're going to stop talking about diabetes for a second. Okay. <laughs> Are you okay? I am okay. okay. I, I, I swear, like I am so much better than I was years prior to this like this has been the best year for me okay. no, no, I'm, I'm glad i'm glad about that oh that, that's not what i'm personal. saying personally <laughs> i'm saying yes. are you, uh, can you tell me are there other things you worry about that aren't reasonable to worry about <gasps> yeah but but <laughs> hold on don't but yeah no, no. No. yeah no. what are some of them do i want to get into this it's just like i have i have irrational fears Okay, I want to hear what they I, are. Like, and then dark, Scott. Like, I've never really, like, disclosed this to people. Like, except for that? my close friends and Curtis. But, okay, Curtis is my husband, by the way. Okay. Um, what, I have a couple of irrational fears. Um, and I have, like, reoccurring nightmares about them sometimes. I think okay. I should get a therapist, Scott. I think you I tell me your, your top three irrational fears, and I'll tell you my three top irrational fears, okay? Okay. Go ahead. Okay. You want to um, go back and forth. You do one, and I'll do one. Okay. Okay. Um, number one, my biggest fear is somehow being involved in a mass shooting, like okay. finding myself in a situation where I'm, I'm, someone's just shooting up the place. Okay. I, yeah. Hold, hold on. <laughs> all, right, all right. Just relax. Are you okay? Relax. Just take, take a big deep breath. Take a big deep breath and hold it for five seconds. No, no. Oh, take, oh. I'll do it with you. Ready? All right, That's we're gonna good. relax. I want yeah. you to do that a couple times okay. a day. Now, my here's one of my <laughs> irrational fears. Okay, okay. I don't want to be eaten yeah. by a shark. That's that's valid. Now, now here's the funny thing. I don't go in the ocean. <laughs> do you know why I have an irrational fear about this? No. I'm gonna tell you. My parents, okay. who were terrible parents, okay, and I don't <laughs> care if they hear this or not. Let me watch Jaws in a movie theater when I was five. You were five. Right. I, that, that's so little. Right. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when now I'm oh 50, God. and if you said to me, Scott, what are you really worried about? I'd say to you, I'm being eaten by a shark. And you'd say, do you go in the ocean frequently? And I'd go, no, I don't. So now <laughs> let me say to you that, that despite how it feels when there's media coverage, there are not mm -hmm. a great deal of mass shootings in Canada. As, as, there, there's literally not. Actually, so Canadians don't shoot each other as a matter of course. <laughs> you know that, right? Yeah. You yeah. know what they do? They're very stabby. Oh, yeah, we do. Yeah, there is yeah. a bit of that going on. No, I know. Right? I know. But you don't have any fears about being stabbed. I don't. Okay. Guns are scarier than knives to me. I don't so, know why. So you tell me why I shouldn't be afraid of shark death. Why you shouldn't be afraid of shark? Yeah, I want because you to talk you me. I want you to talk me out of being concerned about being eaten by a shark. Okay. Um, I don't think you should be afraid of being eaten by a shark because you don't put yourself in the place where sharks live. Um, and the only other place where sharks are are maybe aquariums. And if you don't go to aquariums either, then you you just never run into a shark. So you're going to be totally fine. Let me tell you something I know about those sharks in the aquarium. They're fed so well. That if I jumped in there and rubbed my ass on their face, they wouldn't bite me, okay? Because they let them swim with other animals, and they don't want the shark getting peckish and eating a bluefin tuna. You understand? So, they, so, and you can't get to the top of where you can get into the tanks when you're at the aquarium anyway. Now, I, you've done a good job That's for good. me. Thank you. I am going to try oh, okay. harder not to worry about being eaten by a shark. Now, okay. have you ever witnessed a mass shooting? No, I haven't. Okay. And I don't know where this fear came from, but it's, yeah. Yeah, but, but, but nah, 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 nah. <laughs> don't, don't worry about where it came from. I want to know how we're going to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. Because you seem to me like you were worried about so many things that you can't <laughs> focus on the things you actually should be worried about. Right. Okay. That's, that's very true. Trust me. Now, go ahead. You go tell me your next one. <sighs> okay. What's another one? Um, I think like just people I love dying at any point in time. Like I'm going to, any phone call I get, if my dad calls me while I'm at work, I'm like, someone's dead. Someone's dead. I pick it up. I'm like, who's dead? That's, that's my, okay. that's where my brain goes. All right. I, I'm going to ask you a question. Did anyone yeah. around you when you were growing up act that way? What do you mean? Like anxious? Like if and the like phone death? rang after nine, was your mom like, oh my God, my mom's dead and jump up and grab the phone? <laughs> yeah, my, I will, you know what, point blank, I am anxious because of my mom. <laughs> my mom is a, is a ball of anxiety. So I know that I get it from her. Um, like she was the one that like when I was a kid, like if we went, to, yeah, we walked to school. She, she would be like, have a great day at school. If someone tries to pick you up in the truck, this is what you're going to do. And like, so then I, all the time walking to school, I'd be like, who's going to, I have to be prepared at any given moment to fight off a stranger who's going to put me in their car. Wait, 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 like, stop. That's... I don't want to laugh at you. So I'm going to stop. No, you can so laugh. I'm going to stop laughing. <laughs> but um, every day? Not every day, but like she would, she would make me, like she would make us scared of, okay, I'll tell you another one. I have a very irrational fear of bees, Scott. I love <laughs> insects and animals. I have, I am so afraid of bees like wasps and things like that when i was a kid my mom is afraid of them too she acts the same way as i do if one comes near her oh, like where you're like ah! i want to stop like, you what? i want to stop you yeah i okay. think you act the way she acts 
I do. Yeah, She's you... implemented. I am the way I am because of her. Okay. It's not cool, man. No, <laughs> she probably owes you reparations, but we'll get to that in a second. We'll we'll take them as co-pays for your therapy that I'm pretty sure we're going to send you to. So, um, be- because I think a lot of your issues aren't aren't um necessarily. I don't think you're necessarily stuck with them because I, as oh. crazy as this sounds, I don't think you're actually a very anxious person. I just think you have a lot of rules in your head that you're following. Oh, that's right? interesting. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I'm like, well, well, because earlier you said I have it under control better, which to me means I married a guy who's not loony skip Rooney. And because he's <laughs> not constantly worried about things, I'm able to relax and quiet the voices in my head that tell me that everyone's going to drag me into a car and kill me. Is this a podcast or a therapy session? Because it feels it feels like a therapy session and I'm not mad about it. Well, Carly, <laughs> listen, at some point when we're 25 minutes into it and I'm thinking, this poor girl, I've got the next 45 minutes to save her life and then she's headed back up to Saskatchewan or wherever the hell she's from, okay? And, um, and then she's going to just die in a ball of anxiety. There's yeah. like, like you, you I, there was a moment 15 minutes into this where I thought someone just needs to give you a good bracing slap across the head <laughs> like, <laughs> and then grab you by the shoulders and shake you and go, Carly, 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 stop. <laughs> so oh my God. I know we don't legally do that to people anymore. Although in the fifties, it happened all the time. Men, women, they would just slap each other to stop themselves. I don't know if that was just in the movies I saw or what. But I like the idea. Uh, but the, we're going to do it this way through conversation instead because you're not allowed to hit people anymore, Carly. It's 2021. Okay. Um, so okay. so since we can't hit you, which I don't think would work anyway, I'm teasing. Um, I just want to – I want you to ask me my next irrational fear. Scott, what's your next irrational fear? I don't have any more. Oh, just a shark. Yeah, that's the only thing that my parents did to me that I have an irrational fear about. Okay. Like you're you're doing pretty well. Now I'll give you another irrational fear that I have that doesn't come from my parents. Okay. I think mm, nah, I don't think. I used to think, not think, that's wrong. I used to feel when I was younger that if we're, if there was conflict in a family, it meant that the family was going to fall apart. Mm. And I don't think I had it in me to start over again because I'm adopted. And then my mm-hmm. adopted family got divorced when I was 13. And so oh. what I knew was that people, uh, when they find conflict in their life, give people away. And then I knew that when people had conflict, some they didn't work it out. They just ran in different directions. And so if people had conflict, it didn't matter what level of conflict. I, when I was younger, felt like, that was going to be the disillusion of our knowing of each other. And it panicked mm-hmm. me. And then I would work very, very hard, usually in ways that weren't valuable, to try to calm everybody down and keep them together. And do you know what I've learned since then? What? That my adoption and my parents' divorce have literally nothing to do with what may or may not happen in my life. It's yeah, meaningless. That's very true. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it, uh, the way my wife and I handle conflict isn't the way my parents did. Mm-hmm. And so I was literally worried about nothing. And all I had to do 
was let go of it. You give it voice. This is going to sound very hocus pocusy, okay, Carly? But I have a lot of I, okay. You give it voice, which means you say it out loud, and then you stop worrying about it, and that's it. Right. By the way, do you know what else? It, I'm going to sound crazy for a second. Mm-hmm. You ever read a book called Mind Over Back Pain? No. Okay. Well, I think it's possible that if you four or five times a day, quietly in your mind, not out loud, told yourself, I'm a young, healthy person and there is nothing wrong with my back, it would stop hurting. Okay. Like the power of your brain can control that? Here, yes. Here, here's what I'll yeah. say. Um, if mm-hmm. you go to work, you have a job, right? Yeah. All right. You go to work and you do whatever you're skinning something or, I don't know, extracting oil from something, <laughs> whatever you do. And 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 you have a, a terrible day, bad day. And you come home at the end of the day with a headache, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think your brain is broken? No. Okay. When you have a terrible day and you come home and your back hurts, do you think you're old and your back hurts and you have problems? Maybe sometimes. Okay. Now... <laughs> Now we'll move on to your next and third and last irrational fear. What is it? Um, Try hard. I told you my adoption thing. Right. What? I got to think about this for a second. Yeah. Um, I, I think most of my irrational fears are just like things that I know are not going to happen, but they seem so real. I think, I think just like doom. Like I'm afraid that like there's going to be a terrorist attack where I live and the whole it's it's just bad. That's what I I fear doom. Like I fear like really traumatic events happening, and like I can like visualize it in my head happening. Okay. So, like a terrorist attack. I live in a place that's like without giving away my location. I guess I live in a place that's like a major trading area. I guess for both countries. So it's like a pretty. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Anyways, okay. I I'm just afraid of terrorists. Okay. No, 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 no. Don't. I I understand. So you, in general, think that whatever the worst thing that could happen is, is the thing you're worried about. Exactly. Yeah. I fear the worst things. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Do you watch or consume the news regularly? I did. Especially, I try not to know. No, that's a lie. I still do. I'm always looking at news. Carly, (laughs) Carly, listen to me. Yeah. Do you listen to this podcast? Oh, yeah. Have, Have I been helpful to you in any part of your life? Absolutely. Okay, here, I'm going to be helpful to you again. Okay. Never watch the news or read the news again in your life. Okay. May I tell you why? Yes. You can't handle it. I can't. Yeah. It's not for you. No. And that's okay. Not a judgment. Okay? Yeah. Not a judgment. Yeah. It's not for you. Now, um, also, we could dig into it if you want to, but the news is stilted to make you feel the exact way you feel so that you will mm-hmm. what? Watch more news. Oh, watch more. Yeah. yeah. It's true. It's addicting. It makes mm. you want to read more. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you're why? You're worried. So you want to get the information you need to stop yourself from being blown up by a terrorist. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 Don't yeah. worry. I understand you like a book. Don't, don't, it's okay. Like a book I've read a thousand <laughs> times. Now, you're not allowed to watch the news anymore. I don't want you reading the news. If you have a news app on your phone, I want you to delete it. Okay? Okay. Never listen to CNN. MSNBC, <laughs> Fox News, any of those, please avoid those like yep. the plague. You are allowed to read NPR once a week, okay? 
but only two stories, <laughs> and then you're done. And one of them has to be about music. Okay. Okay. I want you to okay. learn. Okay. That's it. No more news. It's not good for you. It's okay. No shame. I'm just. I'm realizing like how toxic. Like I. I go when I go to work. Like I log in my computer and I'm like news.google.com what what horrible things are happening in the world right now because i want to read about them yeah because <laughs> you're feeding your own uh, your you, it, it's like you it's fear porn yeah oh right. my god it is yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah you you want to be upset it's your natural it's your natural state you're trying to keep this level of eh, that you have going <laughs> like, like that. Like, I bet you vibrate in person. I bet if I got near you, I'd be like, God damn, that girl is vibrating. Do you vibrate? <laughs> do you? I do. I feel like, okay. I feel like this whole time I've been thinking in my head, like, God, when I listen back on this, I'm going to sound like a nutcase. Like, no, no, no. And then, you're not going to sound like a nutcase. You're going to sound like a person who grew up with an anxious mother who went into a world with a, a ton of information uh, that you keep hearing and and let me tell you, and and it and it reinforces it for you. I'm going to tell you something right now. The world is a safer place right now than it was 50 years ago. It is a safer place than it was 200 years ago. It is a safer place than it was a thousand years ago. Okay, Genghis Khan is not going to come through Ontario and kill every man and rape every woman and kill every child. He's not going to do that again. It's not going to happen. Okay, it is safer now than it was then. Yeah. Your house has locks, right? Yep. yep. There are police departments that deter people yep. from doing things. Mm-hmm. You're married to a guy. I'm sure he's a big strapping Canadian man. He could probably pick up an otter with one hand and beat a man to death with it, right? <laughs> Do you feel safe when you're with him? Yes. Okay, great. Yep. You're fine. And listen, okay. I'm, I'm going to say something crazy to you. If you're walking down the street one day, and someone grabs you and pulls you into a truck and kills you. Mm-hmm. There's not a ton of you could do about that. No. Yep. Right. Bad luck. Yep. Okay. But we don't <laughs> give away every day of our life on the off chance that someone's going to snatch you up. Okay. We don't, we, we don't mm-hmm. do that. We don't give away our life like that. Another thing here, if I can make a parallel for you, we don't mm-hmm. give away days of our blood sugar out of fear either. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you check your blood sugar because knowing is better than not knowing. Yeah. About your diabetes, knowing is better than not knowing. About the Mm -hmm. news, not knowing is better than knowing, especially for you right now. Yep. Because you told me in your note, I'm going to, I better get my S together for my, I'm (laughs) so lazy. I didn't want to edit that out. So I said S. (laughs) I I better get my S together for myself, my future husband, my future unborn children. Okay. You do not want 25 years from now for your kid to be on whatever the equivalent is of a podcast and say, my mom is the reason I feel like this. Oh, God. Yeah. I got to end it. Right now. now. Cut the string. <laughs> right now. Break the circle. You can do it. I don't act like my dad acted, but I did when I was younger and I stopped myself. Mm-hmm. Okay. You could do this. This is not a problem. I would I would say therapy, but you're in Canada and I don't know what like ice shaman you're going to meet. You know what I mean? Like you got to get a real person. Yeah. yeah. Somebody who really understands the business. You ever hear Erica on this podcast? 
She's the, uh, a family therapist. You should listen to her, by the way. Um, I don't know if I've come to that episode yet. No. Yeah, she's she's in California. So you did I just say California? She's in California. California. I was like, what the hell? She's in California, <laughs> so you can't use her. But you got to find okay. a good person to talk to, and to get rid yeah. of all this like pretend. You have a lot of pretend in your life that doesn't exist, and you keep feeding it. Mm-hmm. All right, and I've caught you just okay. in time. Twenty five. I've saved your life just now. I can't thank you enough. <laughs> I'm taking a victory lap right now with my hand. I'm waving to the people. And I'm in a room by myself. And I actually am waving my hand. Like in victory. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, because we met today and I'm happy about that. Oh, me too. <laughs> All right. Now tell me why you shouldn't be worried about a mass shooting. Because... The odds of it happening are slim to none because I live in Canada where guns aren't accessible, mm-hmm. as accessible, I should say. Um, you know, and if it does happen, then it does happen and there's nothing I can do about it. So Here's another thing for you. This might be controversial to some people. <clears throat> there aren't that many mass shootings. Mm-hmm. You hear about every one of them. They're terrible. So they sound horrible. And the mm-hmm. media, like, you know, keeps feeding them to you. But did you notice that during COVID, you didn't hear about one person shooting somebody? Yeah. Why was that? Be- Come on, Carly. Because, Why not? Because, I don't know. They, because they, COVID they, already, was- they had COVID to make you upset with. Right. Okay. Not that COVID exactly. wasn't bad. I'm not saying COVID wasn't bad. They already had oh, their yeah. thing. To get you ginned up, to get you to come back the next day, to get you to click on the next link, to keep you worried and concerned and paying attention. They didn't need to tell right. you about the shootings because they had COVID, right? Right. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Yep. <laughs> I just got to stop watching the news. You're bad at watching the news, Carly. <laughs> yeah. Most most people are. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're Especially after good the last it. two years. Yeah. yeah. Of course. This was the worst time. I watched oh, my yeah. son tell my wife for three months in a row, please stop watching the news. Please stop watching the news. So she finally stopped. And she then, I watched her thank him for telling him that, mm. telling her that. That's, that's great. All right. Now, are you worried about dying in a car accident? Not so much. Like, no. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. It's the, it's the crazy. That I'm scared. Oh, sorry. Crazy stuff I'm scared of. Got to come over here and edit this podcast for me now. I'm sorry. I'm well, sorry. If, if you were going to curse, I would have just cursed. Oh, I'm really sorry. You fucked me up. I hope you're <laughs> happy. Now I, you before I started this, I was like, don't swear. Do not no, swear. Like, I know you can bleep it out, but I don't want to make your life no, difficult. No, it's fine. Now you cursed. I curse. We're going to curse. All right. Now. <laughs> All right. Let's go back to your list. Kidney disease? Do you have kidney disease? Go find your blood glucose meter. Did you choose it or did somebody give it to you? Does it work really well or would you have no way of knowing? Do you just trust it because it's the one you have and it's the one you were given? Or do you trust it because you did some research and you found out This is a really accurate meter. And if you did, then good for you. I think that's great. But if you find yourself in that other category of someone who was just handed a meter, then I really believe that you owe it to yourself to check out the Contour Next One blood glucose meter. You can do that, of course, at contournext.com forward slash juice box. When you get to this web page, it's the internet. You know what I'm talking about. You'll see pictures and words, what you expect from a web page. But 
This one has more. There's tabs at the top and everything you want to know about the Contour Next One is there. Talks about the pricing, the accuracy, everything that's important that, let's be honest, you should have checked into before you just took that other meter. But you didn't, fair's fair, but now you know. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. Second chance test strips. You make a little blood drop, and it, it doesn't need a lot of blood, but say you make a little blood drop, it's a little too small. Touch it on the strip, oh, it's not enough. Get out a little more blood, a little squeeze. You put on some more, and that's right, you know, beep beep, it works now. Oh, does not influence the accuracy of the strip. You won't waste test strips if you don't get it right the first time. It's got second chance testing. It's a big deal. The meter also fits well in your hand or your purse or the bag you carry your supplies in. It's got a bright light for nighttime viewing and the screen is simple and easy to look at. There's no complicated markings everywhere. Just the number, boom, there it is. Nice and easy to read. And if you want, you can connect the meter to an app on your phone to get even more information and helpful little tidbits. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. Go take a look. Now, what if you're thinking about getting a Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor? Well, that's a good idea because you're going to see the speed and direction of your blood sugar in real time. I will pull up my daughter's right now. I have an iPhone. I have swiped up. The phone is open because it recognizes my face. It's like, hello, Scott. And um, what's her blood sugar? 87. How's that sound? Just like that, I know Arden's blood sugar is 87. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. You may be eligible for a free 10-day trial of the Dexcom G6. Head to my link to find out. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. But all in all, if you want to see blood sugars in real time, this is if you're using insulin, right? Doesn't matter. I mean, type 1, type 2, using insulin, eh, you need to see your blood sugar, the speed and direction it's moving, and the Dexcom will show you that. Not just 87, but my daughter's blood sugar is 87 and stable. If it was rising or falling, there'd be an arrow to indicate that, and that arrow would tell me how fast she was moving. This is the bestest. It's what you need. Not only is it great for safety and health, helps you make good decisions about bolusing and food, but it also, it also teaches you. Now, these are my, my, experiences and yours may vary, but I learned so much by watching what the blood sugar does, how the insulin impacts it, how the food impacts it. These things are, they're paramount to me and how I manage insulin for my daughter. And I think you would find them incredibly valuable too. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box links in the show notes, links at juiceboxpodcast.com to these and all the sponsors. Thank you so much for listening to the ads. Now, let me get you back to Carly. What did I write? I'm going to pull my... Oh, no, wait. Hold on. <laughs> Wrong thing. That was the lady from yesterday. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, I don't, I don't remember writing it. <laughs> I can't believe I'm laughing about... I'm not laughing about kidney disease. I'm laughing that I clicked no, on the wrong thing. Um, <laughs> sorry. Jesus. That's okay. I'm like, you, you said that switching from your pediatric endo to your adult endo caused you a lot of uh, consternation. Um, so that I hear that from a lot of people. I want to know more about that. Yeah, I... I think I have a little note here. Yeah. Okay. I don't think it's talked about enough in general. Like I have heard people talk about it, but not a lot. Cause that experience for me was like the worst. <laughs> um, and I don't know if other people can relate to me, but um, 
like when I had to like obviously I was six when I met with the care team there and like most of the same people were with me like up until I turned 18 and like when I had to leave the, the pediatric care and the, go to the adult clinic I felt like someone died like I felt like I lost a family member and like I was just mourning that like that I didn't have that support anymore because yeah like like the, I remember the like my last appointment at the pediatric clinic my, my dad had come with me actually because I think he wanted to come because it was my last and there was this nurse there who, like, I love. She's so nice. Um, and she walked us down to the adult clinic. And, like, I cried. She cried. Like, my dad got teary. Like, it felt like I was, she was, like, passing me along to the next part of, like, my life. But then, like, it just wasn't a very, like, welcoming, I don't know. Like, the endocrinologist that I was, get like, assi- like assigned to or became a patient of, like, just very cold, like, didn't didn't seem to care in the way that like I had been cared for for so long so right um I got it hold on now I'm gonna ask questions yeah what was your a1c while you were seeing your pediatric endocrinologist I wish I had a list of my a1c's but like most of the majority of the time when I was in pediatric care my a1c was never any higher than like seven okay and why did you did you live with this woman? Why did you care so much? Let me. We left my daughter's endo appointment the other day, and oh God, I hope they don't listen to this because I don't want this to feel bad. And she said to me, and I'm quoting now: "Why do we come here?" Pardon, that? Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. And I said, "Well, when we leave, we get waffles, so that's all right, you know." And she's you get like, waffles. Yeah, we go for waffles after endo. Oh, you guys get waffles. I thought you meant they give you waffles. Oh, I was you thought like, the That's... endocrinologist was giving out waffles? <laughs> Maybe like sugar-free waffles. No, we leave that place and we roll up the street to this joint and we get chicken and waffles and we use real syrup and a ton of butter and we eat waffles right. together and we don't let her right. sugar spike. And then we laugh and I... we leave. And so, That's um, amazing. But she said, why do we, why do we come here? Mm-hmm. And so... If you if you diagnose that that idea, we know how to take care of her diabetes, right? We don't need right. a check in for someone to tell us to do do you're doing you, a good you know, job. Yeah, or remind yeah. me. I don't need a pep talk from somebody, right? I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure some people do. I'm not denigrating that. I'm just saying we don't need that. I'm wondering why do you need it? Like why did you? What was so important about that connection to you and this person? I think it was like just more so like. I don't know if it was like emotional support or if it was more like, like, Oh, I just like, they, they feel like family because I've been seeing them since I was six. So like, I, I mean, I guess it's not, that's not obviously true for everybody. You Arden was like what, two or three when she was diagnosed. Yeah. Arden's, the same been, people? Arden's been seeing these people for a very, very long time. Like I could right. walk around that building with my eyes closed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was just like that realization. Like, like after I left, like I'm like, Oh, sh-, like, or oh crap <laughs> I'm, I'm an adult crap. now and I have to take care of myself and it's like it just it got more real like so I didn't have them question. as a crutch did you think yeah. that or did somebody tell that to you did your mom say to you this is it now you're an adult you're gonna have to take care of this was there ever did you ever get those conversations from her <sighs> no I don't think so I think it's because she my parents both kind of like I don't know. They did. They were the type where, like, when they weren't as involved in my care, they would be like, "Are you taking care of yourself? Are you checking your fingers? Are you?" And I'm like, "Yes, I am." And I get like a noise. Sorry. Weren't you lying when you said that? Yes, I was because if I talked about anytime, 
like anytime I was asked how are you doing like or like like are you I'm like like oh I'm great everything's fine because I didn't if I were to get into it I would just cry like I would cry and I didn't I didn't know how to like but I'm telling you like if I had an if I had a therapist like who specialized in like people with diabetes I think I would have been okay yeah. Like anytime I went to and the endocrinologist, like my adult one, the one I was seeing before I switched, um, there was this nurse there who like was really into the scare tactic method, mm-hmm. which I am not a fan of personally. It doesn't work on me. It just makes me not want to come back to see you, which then furthermore makes me not take care of myself as well. Yeah. I have cried so many times because of her, like in the office. The last time I saw her, she was like, oh, stop crying. She's going to think I like made you upset and I'm like yeah because you did <laughs> like she was telling me a story about her sister who died from complications of diabetes and like her feet her feet had to be cut off and her, her kidney shut down and all this stuff and I'm like you're not helping me you're just freaking me out and I already know these things anyway I mean like I have an <laughs> idea for you I have an idea for you yeah yeah what if I mm-hmm. made a fake news program that just told you to take care of yourself or you, or somebody would shoot you while you were walking in the street. That would probably make you do it, right? Yeah, it would. It definitely would. Or would it not? Or would it just make you more afraid? I don't know. I, I, I'm like a complex. My brain is complex. Oh, I don't or is it not? Oh, Carly, I don't think you're that complex. But I, I'm I don't saying, think <laughs> listen, you, you went from a 10A1C to a 6A1C in a short amount of time, which tells me you know how to take care of yourself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's not the problem. The problem is, is that you just out of anxiety, which we call it now, but the truth is you just don't want to hear bad news unless yeah. you feed it to yourself. Then you're thrilled to have it. Uh, so, which is odd. Um, I don't know why you couldn't just that's, go ahead. That's, that's exactly it. That's like, you've literally just described who I am. You know, yeah. I, well, I've been talking to you for an hour. I, I got it figured out already. It's not that hard. No, <laughs> partly we're all basically the same people. True. Yeah, yeah. it's very simple to p- figure people out. I don't want to like you know. I'm not putting down therapy, but like all you gotta do is talk to people for a while to figure out how they think, and then say the things that don't make sense to them in a way that doesn't make them upset, and then they understand mm-hmm. it, and then it's kind of over. So therapy. <laughs> okay. So by the way, I am not a therapist. I'm not trained at all. You recognize I didn't go to college, right? Oh no, I did not you know that. You should not be listening to me. This is a massive mistake on your part. But the, but but listen, that was a joke. You can tell the difference, right? Yeah, okay. of course. All right. I didn't go to college. I wasn't joking about that. I, I don't think it's a mistake for you to come here. So isn't it interesting, though, that testing your blood sugar and getting bad news made you feel like a failure? Is that right? Yeah. But listening to the news and getting scared about something that's not you, so you don't feel like a failure. But you love that fear porn feedback. Mm-hmm. So if I guarantee you, if I made the management of your diabetes in your mind someone else's responsibility, you would actually enjoy seeing it go poorly. Ooh. So tell me how we can make it so that when you see the result, the result feels like good information that you'll use to make a good decision next time and not like failure and how we can stop desiring to feel scared. Tell me what we can do for you to do that. 
And when I say we, I'm clearly talking about you. So (laughs) what can you do to put yourself in that position? Feedback is good, right? You have a CGM now? Yeah, I have the Dexcom and I have an Omnipod now too, mainly because of your, like this podcast that influenced me to get both of them. So let me stop right here in this moment and say, hey, Dexcom and Omnipod, when I tell you the price is going up for the ads, you just listen to Carly and you go, okay, all cool, right? (laughs) I mean, how much do you send those people? A fair amount, right? They can give me a little bit, don't you think, Carly? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. (laughs) All right. By the way, they're, yeah. they're really great partners, and I'm just joking. Um, that no, <laughs> nobody fights with me about stuff like that. I'm teasing, but I am. I think not- it's funny. I think it's funny, like how many people that you interview on here or talk to on here um, that say, like, "Oh, I'm I'm on an Omnipod in the Dexcom," and like, and then you're like, "I swear to God, I didn't tell him to say that." <laughs> I didn't tell you to say that, did I? No, I know. No, you didn't. But I just think it's funny because I'm like, well. I mean, they're pretty great. Yeah. I well, think they dispute it. Let's be clear. They're great devices. I'm just, I just, I read ads for them. I don't even read ads. I make them up on the spot. You know that I mm-hmm. do, the other night, I sat down with four episodes that were edited. So they're, um, I burped. I apologize. So they're all like oh, edited. Oh, you didn't hear it? Then I didn't burp. No, um, I didn't. <laughs> so they're all edited up for sound. And they're in chunks, right? There's a, a gap in the front for me to put the open in. Then there's the first part of the podcast. There's a small gap for me to put the ads. There's the rest of the podcast. There's a gap at the end. And I fill it in during editing. But I sit down and do like four episodes at a time. So I make up on the spot the ads. I don't have anything written down specifically. Once in a while, there's reasons to read exact verbiage. I make sure I do that. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And in like an hour, I record all the opens so the bumpers and the ads for four shows. And by oh, wow. the time it's over, my brain is spinning in a circle. <laughs> so I can imagine. Sometimes you'll hear me say, like, in the middle of the ad, I'll just, like, I'll lose it. And sometimes I just leave it in because it's, like, 11 o'clock <laughs> at night. And I'm like, whatever. I'm not editing that out. <laughs> so, um, That's great. Point is this. You're okay. Mm-hmm. But you don't know it for some reason. Probably because I'm so comfortable with not being okay. scared of something and not being okay that like now that I actually am okay with everything, like you want to like, make it just, bad. Just relax. Like, yeah. Okay. Yes. So like I'm, I'm like just relax. All right. I know other people like this. Mm-hmm. They love being upset. Now mm-hmm. they don't really love it, like consciously. It's just their no. comfort zone. Yelling and angry and at odds with one of the people they always there's always a person in the group that has to be doing something wrong i'm making quotes with my fingers right so the group Mm -hmm. always needs to be mad at one person in the group and then that'll shift and then the person who was being mad at like people were mad at they get to be part of the next group that gets mad at somebody else this is their default happy place this this group of people It's how they love to live. The more upset they are, the more comfortable they are. Wow. And I think you're comfortable when you're anxious. Not because you're not comfortable with the anxiety. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's a, a known quantity to you. It's a feeling that is familiar. It probably even makes you feel close to your mom in some weird way. (laughs) My, what am I? Oh my God. This is so toxic. Like I'm like, I go to, I go to like see her and I'm like, did you hear about what happened? 
like this horrible thing happened. Did you hear about it? And she's like, yeah, I saw it. And then we talk about it. Mm. And then I'm like, oh, this is bad. It's like, this should not be happening. <laughs> Are you worried yet that I have then, cameras in your home and I can see your life? No. no <laughs> I wasn't until you said I, that. <laughs> are you now worried about that? No, I have I have all those little slidey things on my webcam. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not using your cameras, Carly. I've put my own cameras in. Oh no, I'm not like paranoid. No, that's. I'm gonna take that back just in case there are any real like severe like (laughs) mental illness on listening to the show. I don't listen to people's. I can't get cameras into your house. I was making a bigger point to Carly that I said something about her interpersonal relationship with her mother that I have no way of knowing about that I was a million percent right about. So, um, (laughs) so you guys, you guys fear porn each other. Yeah. Oh yeah. That sounded weird, but yeah, true. (laughs) Carly, hold on a second. Should I call this episode Carly Fear Porns or Mom? Oh, my God. I definitely will. I'm not going to do that. Um, Oh, my God. No, I might call this one Scott was right again. There'll be a comma between right and again. Or three dots. Oh, yeah. Who knows? Anyway. No, no, no. uh, Is this helping you at all? It is. I like. I know. I know you're not a therapist, but I feel like I've like I've like learned more about myself than I did before I started this podcast. Like things that I knew were um, like that is who I am and and how I operate. Right. But like I've never like actually like had someone like say it out loud to me or like I've never heard it be told. Yeah. I just thought this is who I am. Like, nah, I don't think this is why you, I, am I don't think way. you have to be like this at all. As a matter of fact, you seem yeah. like a very nice, happy person. I am. And that's the funny part is that I don't think a lot of people who know me would think that I have all this like doom in my brain. Like, cause I'm very like very bubbly and I'm happy and I'm nice. But, like all my friends are like, if I send this around to my friends are going to be like, what the heck? Like, Oh, they won't know this about you. I don't think they're going to know like these really dark, dark, deep fears that I have. Like, maybe some of them, like my really close friends will, but like, if I, I don't know, like I want to destroy this, like on, on some of my, like on Facebook and stuff after I'm going to be like, do I want to share this? You don't have to share it. This could be private for you. And if you do share it, and what what are you, you going to do if they come back to you and they're like, oh, Carly, we know this about you? Then I'll be like, wow, I guess I'm not as sly as I thought. Do you think you're being, I guess I'm, is the bubbly to sorry. be sly? Are you trying to mask the anxiety? Yeah, probably. I think maybe that's my my way of trying to make people around me think I'm, I'm good. So <laughs> you're I'm worried that people will find out that you're un, unsettled? Yeah, like they're going to be like, why why are you why are you letting that consume your brain like that's crazy why (laughs) why would you tell me all this stuff and not your friends i do tell my friends well some of my friends know like i've talked about it with some of my friends who i feel like i can like open up were they helpful they weren't helpful because they're 25 too they don't know anything right (laughs) uh yeah i don't know trust me i know it's fine i was 25 once too i knew four things Right. Yeah, yeah. So it takes a while to learn things. That's why we got to keep old people alive. <laughs> they know the they know the things. They know the, they things. Know the things. Old people know yeah. things. Oh, that old be, people know things. I was just thinking that. I was like, that could be a good title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> old people know things. That might be a good uh, title. Um, but that's not the point. The point is this: I don't even think you're anxious. I think you're just you're you're like caught in a cycle. Mm-hmm. I think if you just jump out of the the like, if you just jump off the merry-go-round, it'll keep going without you, and you can walk away from it. I think you're right. Yeah. 
I, I, I don't honestly think this is a heavy lift for you. You're not, um, I don't, I don't know the, any of the technical terms I'm about to use. I might get these words wrong, but you're not clinically something. You're socially something. And I've been influenced to be this way, but I, I'm not actually this way. I really think that might be true. Yeah. Of more people than just you, by the way, but about you oh, yeah. specifically. Mm-hmm. Because you see it like Facebook's an interesting place, right? Where people yeah. like they want to be upset and then they want to make other people upset. I expect mm-hmm. they want everyone to feel upset so everyone feels the same. You know, then they mask it with things like, I know the right way to live and you don't know and you're ruining the world. Meanwhile, no one's ruining the world with their decisions. Like it just, it's not working that way. Um, but everybody feels that way. And then they have to attach this incredible certainty um to to what it is they're denigrating like if this person does x then y will definitely happen i have to stop them they they make themselves powerful and they get this right. confusion that like social media means they have power i want to tell you something carly i'll, I'll be serious for a second i have a certain amount of social media sway okay mm-hmm. and i am powerless on social media and I, I tell you that to say that if if you if you are a person with a Facebook page and ninety or three hundred friends, and you think that putting your thoughts on that page are going to change something in the world, you're so wrong. It's incredible. There's a something in advertising called the rule of tens. Mm-hmm. So you have to reach a thousand people to get a hundred people to even consider doing something that so that ten of them will click, so that one of them will follow through. You're, you're right. not influencing anybody, okay? Right. Now, what you do is you make people upset, you make people think you're a problem, then you make division, and then people love the division. They love to be on a team, right? I'm mm-hmm. team uh, vaccine, you're team not vaccine. I'm team red, you're team blue. I'm team Packers, you're team Vikings, doesn't matter. Like people want to be mm-hmm. on a team. They want to like they want to fight for like justice and and they want to and they want to be on the winning side. That's what happens next. That's the real fear of being on a team is that you want your team to win no matter what. And for some reason, your team is being upset. Right. You, you want to be upset. And you need to be upset because that's winning. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Right. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Cool. Now. What are we going to do now that we have all this free time? We don't have to we don't have to sit around with mom yelling about, did you hear what happened? And you don't have to be on the news going, "Oh my god, this is the next thing I need to be worried about." Like like now that none of that's happening for you, what are you going to do with all your free time? I don't know. Like I'm going to be happy? Like I'm going to be at peace? <laughs> I would imagine for you'll be happy and at peace. That's yep. a good thing. And you'll probably mm-hmm. be able to take much better care of yourself without worrying about it. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. you're good at it already. There's nothing to worry about. Because you have, and, you know. Good. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I no, want no you go. To go. I want you to go. Oh, okay. I was just gonna say, like, with the Dexcom too. Now, like having, like, no choice but to look at all this information, it makes it less scary. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like, yeah. I, I see it all in front of me, and I'm like, oh, it's not that scary. Like, this is just like information that's gonna benefit me. Mm. You know. Yeah, are you yeah. and you, like here you say you have a struggle with overeating on low blood sugars? I've been working on that since I emailed you about it. Like, 
I think when I was listening to your podcast too, like I was, I remember like you would say like, you know, like you don't need to eat 15 grams of carbs to fix a low. Like you might only need like five carbs to just bring you back up, you know? Yeah. Like, because you told your whole life, 15 grams of carbs when you're low. But like not every low needs 15 grams of carbs. So that's interesting. I've been kind of taking that into account too. So that's interesting. So you had a fear based on some bad input. And then it took one person to tell you, maybe don't worry about that. And then you went, all right, I won't worry about that. And now that's not a problem anymore. Yeah. Like, so instead of eating the whole fruit snack pack, I'll eat like two as or three of the need. little fruit snack pack yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. There's a, there's a certain, if you're, if you're fighting a low, yeah, there's a certain amount of carbs that will fix the low and stop you from going higher. And there's a certain amount mm-hmm. of carbs that won't fix the low. And there's a certain amount of carbs that will fix the low. And then all of a sudden it's not, you're not managing a low anymore. You're now eating and yeah. eating needs insulin. And mm-hmm. to be able to figure out the difference between the three of those takes a little bit of effort, but once you get it figured out, then you're good. It's not always 15 yeah. grams, 15 grams for 15 minutes and 15 minutes is something that was told to people back before there were CGMs back before there was good, even meter technology. They were literally Mm -hmm. saying, if you're getting low, if you feel dizzy, oh my God, eat a bunch of food so you don't die. Yeah. But that's not the world that most people live in anymore. Mm -mm. And you don't live in that world, but you're still acting like you do. Yeah. Cause like anytime I felt like, like this is, I, I, like I said, I've been working on it, but like when I would feel low, especially if it was like an overnight low, Mm -hmm. oh God, it was like a reason to like binge. Like I would just like, I would eat so many carbs because I felt so shitty and I, or crappy and I would just keep <laughs> I'm laughing because how you started it you're like I'm just gonna say S and then here I am and yeah. I, I apologize Can everything um <laughs> I'm so sorry <laughs> um but yeah like I would it would be like a reason to just like eat a bunch of stuff at once and then like when I wasn't taking care of myself and not like I would if I went low in the middle of the night and who sees and say if it was a real low because I never checked I just felt low <laughs> which probably meant I was in range I'm not lying like what like low like for a while like I know you've talked about this in the podcast too but like like when I started to like make a change in my health like my diabetes like a low so I started feeling low when I was completely in range yeah. because I like my body was like coming off of that like oh you like you're not high, but you're not low, but you feel low. Um, so that was hard to kind of push through, but it did go away after like a couple of weeks. Good but, for you. Um, yeah, that's yeah. excellent work. Uh, you mentioned it earlier. You said you managed on how you felt, which I always, Arden's like, I feel fine. I was like, Arden, if how you felt was important, then Dexcom wouldn't exist. So why don't, right. why don't we test and make sure? Why don't we look at your CGM and make sure? That, that's right. There, and there are way too many people out there doing that. Like, oh, I just, I, because in the beginning, they probably feel crappy when they're high and then they think they understand it or they feel dizzy when they're low. And then by the way, then your body gets used to being high. You don't feel it anymore. And some people, some people have like low unawareness too. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that I don't have low unawareness because I still do feel lows and I'll wake up in the middle of the night from a low, but like, oh my God, like, I just think about like how when. Like when I was doing that, like being like, I feel fine. I was probably high. Um, and like you I was, anyway. I would eat. Yeah. And I would just eat and I'd be like, I'm fine. And That's so good. that was your um, excuse to eat a bunch of food and not do anything yeah. about it. 
which is what you, yeah. which, which was really your happy place, which was not having to worry about your diabetes. Exactly. Right. Like, like just being like, yeah, just not caring in the moment. Well, we're going to yeah. make your happy place. You being healthy. Okay. Okay. Right. <laughs> let me tell you, let me ask you a question about this boy that you married. Um, do yeah. You, do you tell him all this? Does he know all about this? Um, to an extent, like he's, he's, he was aware, like what we had been dating, like, for years before like we got married and like I think like for the majority of our like when I was dating him like I wasn't like diabetes is not important to me um until this past year um and I think he's seen like a change too and like he's watched me like put a lot more effort into it um he's always been involved in it like I like talking to him about it and he actually he's kind of crazy he's he's he is the cleanest person I'm not joking like he is so clean and organized like his favorite thing to do which is my least favorite thing to do it's like making sure that all my supplies are like organized and like my kit is stocked and like everything is good like my prescriptions are filled everything's fine i've never been good at that you want me to, but he loves doing that do you want me to ask him what his parents did to him <laughs> i already know what his parents did to him his parents are very much the same very organized and clean and stuff so that's definitely how he was raised mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with <laughs> i'm organized. just kind of like Nothing wrong oh, with being no, organized. That's fine. Nothing oh, wrong. nothing at all. It works for us, too, because he was laughing because, like, now we have a house together, and he's like, you know, if it's ever messy in here, it's great because no one will ever blame me. It'll, they'll know it's you. And I'm like, you're right. Because well, <laughs> you. everybody knows he's clean. All but, right, yeah, so he... I don't want you living a lie with this boy, okay? So, no, no. And, and, it, and, and I think now if you go back to him and tell him about all this anxiety stuff, he's going to feel like maybe – he was sold what they call a bill of goods. So we don't want him to go. We don't want you to think we don't want him to feel like that. So we'll just, we'll just make this stuff go away. And it's like, it never happened. You understand? <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. And you know, what's funny too, is that my dad always joked about that. When he married my mom, he had no idea how anxious she was yeah. <laughs> until after they got married. <laughs> right. That's, that's like, false advertising. That. You understand that, Carl? Yep. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I'm sure you're, your that boy is lying to you about something right now too. So let's oh, figure I'm out sure. what that is, okay, and get him to fix it. <laughs> but hopefully he's not outside like killing small animals with sticks or something weird like that, right? Oh God, I I hope not. We're getting a dog soon. Yeah, dog. Wouldn't it be weird? <laughs> yeah. if it ended up being a mass murder. <laughs> and you were killed in the <laughs> shooting that he. <laughs> Oh my god! Now, now when I get out of here, I'm gonna look at him like stare at him. I'm like, just screwing with you. Me? He is not going to. He is not going to uh, uh, enact a mass shooting and, and make you one of the victims. I was just teasing you because of everything we talked about. He'll probably push you in the ocean where you'll be killed by a shark. So there we go. You're landlocked, right? You're like in the middle of that that big ice pack. I got. I yeah. We don't have any oceans near us. We have lots of lakes. Have you ever seen no the ocean oceans. up uh, in person? I have. I've only, <laughs> I've only been in the ocean a couple times, and one of the times was when we went on vacation to South Carolina with my mom was there, and she was petrified of letting us go past our like knees <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because of sharks. <laughs> she sounds like a big fun time, your mom. Oh, <laughs> doesn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna gonna leave my <laughs> wife right now and go try to steal your mom away from your dad, so I can have a big party with. Her. Um. <laughs> You're terrific, Carly. I hope you know that. Oh, thanks. Is there um, anything that we haven't you. talked about that you wish we would have? Um, no, I I just wanted to like thank you for the podcast. 
because I I love listening. I'm so glad I discovered it when I did too because it was like obviously the email that I sent you I think was in January or February and that was like right at the beginning of when I started to kind of like really dedicate myself and know and like tell myself this is the last time I'm gonna like you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to fall out of this path again. And I haven't yet. So it's been going good. But yeah, your your podcast is great. I listen to it um, every morning on my way to work and at my desk sometimes. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I told you in the email, I started listening to them like from the newest going down, but then I realized that's not really the best way to do it. So I'm in, I've been listening from the first on. So I'm in like the 300s now. Um, do I get better at it as I, you're going? It's cool to listen to, especially the audio quality. Like you do get better at it. Like I'm like, wow, this is great. This sounds awesome. Yeah, I am. <laughs> like, I, got, I figured out the audio better, and I think I'm better at it in general. Um, but yeah, yeah, the audio bothers me. I wish I would have known. I wish I would have known. Oh no, what to do? It's not that bad. I know it's not. It's bad. not that bad. No, I understand it's not that, yeah. but it's so crystal clear now, right? Oh yeah, yeah, that's oh, great. So I wish um, I knew that back then. That's one of my regrets. Um, Oh, is it? Yeah, but don't, you know, don't regret it. But do you know, Carly, I never think about it. <laughs> oh, that's good. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. I love, I love, honestly, I don't know why I brought that up. I I, I really wanted to tell you that I love the podcast. Right. And yeah, and you're great. Um, well, that's yeah. nice. I, I'm glad that it's helping you. I, I really do. I, I hope that everybody gets something out of it who tries it. Um, I'm going to ask you another question again that I've asked already in the past. No weed for you? <laughs> um you just don't want to sometimes to i do it? yeah 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 okay <laughs> i think i i think maybe using it more often would be <laughs> yeah carly because you're going at like 200 miles an hour in your brain oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, all, all the time do you slow down with the weed yes mm-hmm. i do okay mm-hmm. well i would like i don't think you should be doing drugs okay but no of you course might not. try those breathing things more often mm-hmm. the big breath in hold it blow it out it's very helpful. Mm-hmm. It just, it just, it's centering. <laughs> I do it. It's very centering. Kind of slows Absolutely. your, kind of slows your heart down a little bit. Because I thought when we started talking that you were speaking this quickly because you were nervous, but it never stopped. Oh no! <laughs> like you speak like a thousand. Like I'm, I'm slowing myself down to balance you out. Oh my god! Did you know that? I'm like. I'm like dreading listening to myself. Wow, you were great. Oh, oh, Carly, stop for a second. You, you don't misunderstand what a podcast is, okay? Hopefully, right. you got something out of this. Absolutely. If you didn't, it doesn't matter to me because everyone who hears it is going to get something out of it. You're going to have done a really nice thing for people because there Do you are, think so? Do oh you my, think people are you will relate me? to me? Oh, I think oh, okay. your problem is paramount right now in society. Yeah. Yeah. You, 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 this is probably the longest you've gone without looking at your phone in five years. I feel outed right now. Talk, talking to <laughs> totally me. Totally right is. Right? Yeah. Yeah. My wife asked me this morning about my job. She's like, do you ever like dread making the podcast? And I said, there are times when I have to edit the show that I think, oh, I, I, I don't want to do this because it's, mm-hmm. I have to go back and re-listen on a different level. Like I'm not really listening for what we're saying. I'm listening for noise and pauses and gaps. And I'm like, I'm, I'm cleaning it up. Right. And I'm setting up the file to do what I told you about earlier to put the bumpers on and the, et cetera. It's the, it's the background stuff to it. I don't, and I don't hate it. I just, there are some times I'm like, Oh, this is, it's kind of tedious for me. 
Mm-hmm. And she said, what about interviewing people? And I said, oh, no, that's the best part of my life. Like, so, right. like, like what I, I so enjoyed our conversation. Like, I, oh, re- I really oh. did. And I'm glad because I was anxious about that, too, before we started. I'm like, I don't even know are. why I'm going on here. Like, what am I going to talk about? Like, I'm not interesting. I'm just another person with that You're not interesting? <laughs> oh, Carly. Carly, 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 Carly. You are very interesting for two reasons here. I'm going to be honest with you, okay? People who feel okay. like you, I hope, are going to be helped by this. And people right. who don't feel like you are probably like, oh, my God, this poor girl. Because you're, you're, cause you're tortured and you don't even know it. Right. You know what I mean? And, and, but I think now that you see it, like somebody's pointed it out to you, I think, I think you could pretty easily walk away from it. Mm-hmm. I want to hear back from you. Okay. Would you, would you email me after <laughs> Absolutely. A, a week of not listening to the news? Would you email me? Yes, right. I will. I'm not saying I'm a, you have to yeah. start today, although you should. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 after for seven days you have not consumed any media news, send me an email and tell me how you're feeling. I'm gonna go on Instagram and Twitter and I'm gonna unfollow all the news outlets that I follow. I think I think Twitter is probably very bad for you. I think you should consider mm-hmm. the this something that you cut out for a week as well. Yeah, Twitter is not good for you're you. Not, I can't I can't yeah, imagine it's good for you. That's just where people <laughs> argue with each other. Yeah, that's news without the stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you know, you know what I do like. I like TikTok. I hate to admit it, but I do. It's there's a lot of cute dogs on there. Is that That's what you, my feed? Is that what your TikTok looks like? Yeah, just cute dogs. I just got the TikTok because I have some oh, content that I think uh, for the podcast that are, is going to go oh. up on it um, soon. That's exciting. Yeah, and um, I don't like I don't consume the TikTok thing. Like I don't go through the thing. I do notice yeah. though when my kids are using it that TikTok just appears to be girls making their breasts and butt jump up and down. <laughs> oh my god! That's all the TikTok looks like to me. Right. <laughs> like my daughter even said to me, she goes, "Girls are just flat out not even wearing bras anymore. They're just putting on t-shirts oh and bouncing." And it's like, uh, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you'll be on it and you're like. I can't believe this is allowed on here. <laughs> like, seems... are there no like guidelines? Yeah, yeah, yeah. TikTok to me seems like porn where people leave their clothes on and don't quite get to the sex. Yeah. 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 It so, definitely is. <laughs> probably. It definitely is. Am, am I getting it right? <laughs> I think you are. <laughs> You've got it dead on. <laughs> gotcha. Um, but anyway, I back to this was incredibly valuable. I think it was valuable for you. You'll let me know. But I definitely mm-hmm. think it was valuable for other people. Now, some people might just think I'm a pompous, like, blowhard. But that's fine. They can not listen or listen and hate me. I, by the way, if you're listening and you hate me, as long as you're downloading it, I don't care. True, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Why yeah. are you listening if you hate me? <laughs> yeah. uh, that's all good. But, um, but I, I mean, I, 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 listen, I don't know everything, but this seems pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. You're, you're caught in a, in, a, in a fear spiral. You just need to step mm-hmm. out of it. That's all. Mm-hmm. So good luck. Well, Thanks. I appreciate all your all your assistance. And I'm actually excited to listen back on this. So maybe I'll like I'll listen to it and I'll take notes that you You gotta said. stop taking so much. So that way I no, stop taking yeah. notes, Carly. This isn't look, no. if you need me to go over it, it's not hard. Okay? No. You're 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 putting yourself in situations where you're allowing yourself to consume things and see things that make you upset because you like being upset, because that's how you grew up. Mm-hmm. it's that simple. And if you stop doing it and go focus on your relationship with your husband 
and build a new different life where people aren't upset all the time, then you'll start liking that. Mm-hmm. That's it. There's no more or less to it than that. Wow. Well, life is really easy, Carly. It, it, it is. It yes. doesn't have to be so hard. It's super easy. Now, listen, if you're living in an, uh, an alleyway and you don't have a job, it's not easy. But you have no. a house or an igloo, whatever you live in, and you, yeah. you know, there's some boy there that cares about you. You care about him. He's cleaning the place for you. Probably cooking, too. Isn't he? No? I do more of the cooking. You know, I'm more of the cooking. cooking. All right, so you're cooking. He's cleaning. <laughs> you're both paying for the place. You're going to get a dog, which, by the way, huge mistake, but I don't want to get into it right now. And so, <laughs> and, and you're together. You're trying to build a life together. Try to find that motivating try to find it try to find happiness and happiness not happiness and craziness that's all this is yeah there's nothing more or less to it than that here here spend less money than you make okay Mm -hmm. save some all right do your best to save 10 percent of what you make in the beginning when you're younger Mm -hmm. if you're if your jobs offer you 401k plans put as much into them as you can never think about it again just do it Okay. okay. Try to buy okay. things. Stay away from credit when you can. That's it. It's gonna be fine. You the way you just said that is I think I think my dad has said the same thing to me. So when he listens to this, he's gonna be like, This guy's great. He oh, knows what he's talking your about. Your poor father. Oh my god. <laughs> I haven't mentioned him once because I feel terribly for him. I imagine him just standing in a corner going like holy crap, these two won't stop. And like <laughs> <laughs> And he's just like, oh, my, it's too late to leave. You know what I mean? Like, I've been doing it too long. And uh, do you have other brothers and sisters? I have I have a sister and a brother. Are, yeah. they, are they, they, do they do this stuff too or no? <laughs> okay. Well, the young, my brother, he's the youngest. He's anxious like me, but he smokes a lot of weed. So he's got it. He's got it good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, my sister's anxious, but she's not, she's got, I think she's, you know, yeah, no, we're all anxious. Your we're dad, but your dad's up. not, right? My dad is not anxious at all. Yeah, like when I he talks that. about anxiety, yeah, he's like, I don't even know what that feels like. Right. And I'm like, Pfft. no, I knew I that because he's the one that went to the endo appointments with you. Yes, exactly. Yeah, don't exactly. worry. I had this whole thing figured out for like the last hour and 10 minutes now, but that's not the point. <laughs> so, so yeah, so I've, I've literally, if he's listening, sir, God bless you. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'd have went out for I a pack can't... of smokes and not come back. <laughs> i can't wait for him to hear this i gotta oh get some god. milk i'll be right back <laughs> oh my god then he would have went yeah. to some tattoon or wherever those other places are that you live there is a saskatoon right i think so you think so that's bad that i that's bad that i don't know i think there is terrible canadian. Saskatchewan. It's a ter- you're a terrible canadian have you ever even stabbed anyone never oh my god kind of i've canadian. never even like what, what's something I I never even I've never skied or snowboarded. Either. Do you love the oki? Do you love it when they they put the biscuit in the basket, or do you not even care about that? What is that? Hockey. You do hockey? Oh, I don't. I didn't know what you were saying. I know hockey. I don't play hockey, and mm. I've never been to a an NHL NHL game. I almost said NFL. <laughs> we're gonna call this episode Carly's poor father. <laughs> That's a great title. Yeah, I don't know what this is gonna be called. This is gonna take me a while to figure That's this out. All right, Carly, I want you to get started on your new life. Start today, okay? 
the phone. Name two apps you're going to take off your phone right now. Tell me two apps you're taking off your phone. Two apps? Two whole apps? Yeah, you're going to just take them off your phone right now. Oh, God. I don't even know. Maybe. Twitter. Say Twitter. I should should take Twitter off. Twitter. Okay, what else? I I I don't know. news apps on there? I don't think I have any. No, yeah, I do. I have the Apple News app. I'll get rid of that, too. Yeah, get rid of Apple News app. Or just uh, shut off Mm -hmm. the, um, the, what's his name? The notifications, too, for that stuff. Yes. Oh, you're probably, the notifications you probably love, right? They probably light up the pleasure center. Yeah, my eyes start to glisten when they come up. You're like, oh, something something bad's happening. (laughs) Something bad's (laughs) happening. I wonder if a bunch of people got killed. Let me look. Oh, they did. Mom, did you hear? Oh, boy. All right, Carly. I can't fix you any more than this. I've done all I can do. (laughs) Thank you so much. All right. Hold on one second. A huge thanks to Carly for coming on the show and having this great conversation. I'd also like to thank Dexcom, makers of the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor, and remind you to go to Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. In kind, let me also thank the Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter. And again, remind you about the link, ContourNext.com forward slash juice box. Now, there are links right in your podcast player in the show notes or you can find them at juiceboxpodcast.com. When you click on my links or use them when you type them into the browser, that really does support the show. And here's one more that you can use, touchedbytype1.org. This was a pretty long one, so let me just say thank you. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate when you leave those great ratings and reviews in your podcast app and when you tell other people about the show. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.